Hello, and welcome to Exploring Your Story with me, Rachel Kaysen. Today, I want to kick off a four-part series on uh, home, on how do we build home. This is a topic that's really close to my heart. Um, I've mentioned in previous episodes um, that I work primarily with third culture kids, that I work therapeutically with these people who grew up with high mobility. Um, I myself grew up uh, moving between cultures, between countries, and that was just the fabric of life. And I work in this area because I feel so much for people whose experiences of high mobility have complicated um, and enriched a sense of personal identity, of belonging, of how to interact with place. How do we settle? How do we continue moving? How do we interact with feeling like a nomad, with feeling like we want to be in community? And home really is at the heart of a lot of our sense of self. So I wanted to spend some time unpacking it as a concept. For many people, being asked, where's home, is a really straightforward question. Where's home? We can answer with a country, we can answer with nationality. For many of us, it's our childhood home, it's where we were raised. Uh, For some of us, it might very much feel like where we are now. Home is here, home is where I am. But it can get complicated, can't it? Maybe our childhood home was split across three continents. Maybe we can't visit home anymore. Maybe our first notions of home were complicated by family dynamics that were really difficult or a pervasive feeling that we didn't belong. And logistics can play into this. Where do we have a visa for? Where does our passport say we are at home? For me growing up, home was several different places. I spent the majority of my time growing up in West Africa and there were several homes there moving between um, towns and cities, um, moving between different houses within the same city. But very often people would talk about going home and reference the, the country that was their passport country. So going home meant coming back to the UK, except the UK wasn't home. But we had a home here. We would come back to the same house. We would unpack toys packed up four years ago. We would revisit memories. We would reacquaint ourselves with the geography of the town and perhaps friends that we'd left behind. We would go back to the same schools. So that also was home and that was where the grandparents were. That's where everybody spoke our language, that's where I looked like I fitted in. I was white, they were white. It was a predominantly English community. And yet it often didn't feel like home. So home can become this really complex, multi-layered 
thing. And we all know how it feels to not feel at home. Some of us don't feel at home in our own stories, in our own lives. Some of us don't know how to make ourselves at home. You know, when you walk into a friend's house or you've been invited for dinner and you're told to make yourself at home, what does that mean? How do I relax in another person's space? Heck, how do I relax in my space? Can we relax into ourselves? Is home ourself or is home a place? Is home friendships, belonging? Over the next four weeks, I want to unpack this. And today, we're going to talk about home as in the house that we live in. And then next week, I want to look at home as in friendships and community. The third week, I want to look at living locally, home as a geographical space, the town, the city, the country, the culture that we engage with when we step out of our front door. And then finally, I want to look at how we can make and build a home in our own self, that portable home that we carry that helps us to make ourselves at home anywhere. So that was a whistle-stop tour. Let's go back to now, your house that you live in. Do you feel at home in it? Perhaps that's a dumb question. Perhaps your house is very clearly your home, your retreat, your safe place. Perhaps it's not that straightforward. Perhaps your home doesn't quite feel right. Maybe there are relational tensions where you're living that really complicate being able to relax. Maybe your home was decorated by someone else or for someone else. Maybe there doesn't feel like there's the right space or you can't ever find anything or it just doesn't look like it tells your story. Maybe your home does tell your story but only a part of it. Maybe it only reflects one aspect of who you are. We're all so beautifully and gloriously complicated, aren't we? How can our homes, the houses that we live in, really reflect that, that complicated mess of self that is nevertheless an oasis for us to be in? Well, let's explore that today. And to explore that, let's spend some time reflecting on other homes throughout your story. When I look back at the many homes that I lived in growing up, there are these threads, these themes of aspects of them that I really enjoyed, really treasured. Growing up in West Africa, we always had a lot of really bright coloured fabric around, lots of wax prints or batiks, and colour and patterns feature really strongly for me in home decoration. Often clashing colours, but bright and vivid. And that tactile nature of fabric is a really soothing, comforting thing for me. 
Another common thread is books. In one of our homes, we had these floor-to-ceiling bookshelves and they were full to bursting, partly because my parents read and collected books and a lot of it was information books, a lot of it was novels, partly because we were homeschooled for a portion of my childhood. So we had a lot of books relating to the curriculums that we were following. This was kind of pre easy access to internet and that was the world was in those pages. Another thing that I really treasure from the homes that I grew up in was the ready access to baking. For me a home becomes a home when something has been cooked in it, usually something sweet My mum always had tubs and tins of uh, muffins or cookies or cakes and they were just there. They just sort of appeared and you never ran out. They were just always there. So for me, my concept of home has kind of incorporated all three of these. Fabric's really important. Books, never enough shelving. And I need cupboard space for baking equipment and there need to be the ingredients for making cakes and biscuits just always always there these are kind of the taken for granted elements of my home and wherever I've lived I've repeated these themes what themes have you repeated What makes a home home for you? Where did you learn that? Which homes really started that spark for you? Maybe it was music. Maybe it was quiet. Maybe it was a particular colour or certain ornaments. A particular arrangement of furniture. Have you brought these elements into your current home? Or do they stay as memories? Are there elements you'd like to bring in today? Those bursting bookshelves. Do you need to just get another bookshelf? How do you want to enjoy these elements of home from your past story in your current everyday experience? And what does your home say about your life? What does your home do for you? We all use our homes differently. For some of us, it's a complete retreat, an oasis. For some of us, it's more of a launch pad. It's a creative, eclectic space where exciting ideas get developed and happen. Maybe it's a hosting space. A home doesn't feel home to you unless it's full of people. Perhaps that's your worst idea of home. If your home is a retreat, perhaps you like it empty of people. What about a creative space? Some of us, we want a crafting room, a place where all the sewing things can be left out or the paint and easels. For other people, it might be all their digital recording equipment, um, camera work. 
a large part of my home is full of children's crafts and that reflects my current existence as the parent of a young child. My home signals that about my life. Homes in magazines often fall short, although they're beautiful, they do fall short of signalling much about the occupant. Does your home give clues about who you are? We can use our homes the same way we use our stories. They tell about us. They offer information about our experiences and our lives and we do this with photographs, we do this with memorabilia, we do this with our use of colours and patterns and plants. Does your home tell your story? What do you want it to do? And is it actually equipped? If you crave quiet... Is there a way of building today an area of your home that is protected and quiet? Is there somewhere special that you can cuddle up with a coffee and a good book? Can you build that window seat you've always wanted or that reading nook you really need? How can you mould your home to be more of you? More of what you want If you want to host a lot in your home, how can you make that space work for you? If you want more opportunities to explore your creativity, how can you make that more possible? And what's stopping you? In the same way that our memories of our previous homes can kind of tumble into our current ones in the things we want to bring through, also memories of how other people told us home should be can tumble into our present experience as well. It should be tidy. It shouldn't be cluttered. It should be organised. It should be (laughs) dust-free. How many shoulds are you carrying about what your home is supposed to look like or how it's supposed to run Or what you're supposed to use the rooms for? Does it actually reflect what you want? What do you want to bring in and what do you want to shed today? How can you use your most intimate space to feel really at home? For me, building a home It's very tempting for me to try and do it all in one day. Very short space of time, quick, get it exactly how I want it. And then it sort of freezes. And that's partly because I grew up moving around a lot. You didn't have time to watch home evolve particularly as your needs and use of it changed and grew. Because by the time you got to that stage, you'd probably moved house anyway. For me, it was quite a new experience to grow out of furniture or to need to replace things because my needs had changed or simply I'd had it a long time and it wasn't functioning optimally anymore. Watching my home remain static bricks and mortar and yet my use of it shift is 
quite new. One of the things that I think is really important to me is to make as much use of my outdoor space as humanly possible. It creates an extra room for me and it allows me to grow things. Plants feel quite important to me in my home. There's something about growth and being around things literally getting taller and more colourful every day that reminds me that I'm growing too. It's an externalisation of something I hold to be very internally precious. And we do that with our homes, don't we? We externalise ourselves onto the walls and we nurture our homes as we nurture ourselves. Outdoors gives me colour. Indoors gives me rest. Hosting is important to me. Cleaning, much less so. So I walk a a nice little delicate balance between how I use my space and how I make sure it's ready to be used. What do you need from your home today? Do you need rest? Beauty? A good sort out? Decluttering is all the rage at the minute and I have very mixed feelings about it. A lot of my clutter really matters to me. And growing up as I did, regularly getting rid of things because they just weren't worth storing or travelling with, I now keep an awful lot. I had a friend come over for coffee a while ago and she sat in the chair And gazed around at the walls and just looked a bit dazed. She said, there's a lot to look at in here, isn't there? And I remember laughing and comparing my walls with hers. And her home was much more minimalist and neutral. Mine, it's like a child's nursery has exploded onto the walls. And in any spare gaps, I've got motivational quotes and whiteboards and photographs. And that really matters to me. I have evidence all around me about who I am, the people that matter to me, the things I've experienced. Whereas for my friend, a calm, peaceful place required much less stimulation I feel guilty sometimes, or maybe guilty isn't the right word, but certainly countercultural in my clutter and anti-minimalist approach to home decoration. But these days, it's just me. And it's what I need. How can you prioritise what you need? In your home in your daily experience of the space you walk through, what makes it enjoyable for you? What makes you enjoy your home? I'd love to hear your thoughts, to hear about your experience of home and how you have built it.
So do get in touch via my email, which is on the website. I'd love to hear from you. Happy homemaking. Thank you for listening. And see you next week. Bye.